After more than a thousand videos created, I've got some thoughts today on dirt racing media, what moves the needle, why I make certain decisions, and the challenges faced by those who cover the sport. Let's go. It's Monday, August 14th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. Something I've been thinking about for a while and an idea that I kind of keep coming back to as a potential daily show topic is the current state of dirt racing media and what I've learned doing these shows this is a fairly broad topic and I've got a bunch of different directions I could go and kind of want to go with this. Uh, since we're in a bit of a lull here after the Knoxville Nationals, I figure this might be a good day to do it. We can talk about it and not really miss out on or gloss over anything else that's happening right now. And right off the top, I am fully prepared for this show to absolutely bomb today, not get a lot of views, because I have absolutely no idea how interested my audience will be in this, but I think it's an interesting topic to explore, at least for myself. I've been thinking about this stuff a lot lately, especially because I continue to try and find ways to grow this channel and my own audience. Dirt Tracker as a whole is a profitable entity for me, but it's always going to be the case with any business, you'd like it to be bigger and better and more profitable. And the success and growth to this point has been incredible, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't want more. My goal for the end of the year is 25,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel, but as the goalposts move, it's hard to not eye what 50,000 subs or 100,000 subs would be like. And for it to do that, it means creating content that regularly gets a lot of views. And just like the subscriber number, what actually constitutes a lot of views continues to look different kind of in my mind. In the early days, a video with 10,000 views was almost unfathomable. I couldn't imagine getting to that number of views on a single video. But now I'm disappointed if a, if a video doesn't get at least 10,000 views. So what was kind of once a goal has now become the floor. And after uploading over 1,000 videos to YouTube, I usually have a pretty good idea on what will land and what won't. I'm still surprised sometimes by which topics seem to generate views and which, you know, when I upload a video, don't. Uh, but it's interesting to see things evolve and change as the sport and the media landscape do. I think the Kyle Larson stuff is a good example of that. Talking about him used to be an absolute no-brainer for views, and now I'm wondering if it might be the opposite. But one thing I've uh, realized, especially lately, is how little my audience seems to care about talking about the actual racing on the track. I consume a reasonable amount of sports content in general, and a lot of that revolves around plays and matchups and who's on right now and who isn't. What's happening on the field or court is dissected and analyzed in all sorts of ways, both in real time and in the aftermath. But for this corner of the motorsports world, those discussions just don't move the needle. If you don't believe me, go look at my most popular shows all time. My most viewed YouTube video is about tire doping. Number two is sprint car team costs. Three is cheating with smartwatches. Four is about Bloomquist and Hunt the Front series penalties. Five is the Chili Bowl boycott. You're going to scroll for a long time on that list before you find a show that is just strictly about the racing on the track. And it's a big reason why you didn't worry about not doing a Friday show this past week around the Knoxville Nationals. Even though I had multiple comments and messages from people saying I should, you'd think big events like the Nationals or the Chili Bowl or the World or the Dream would mean big views, but it's really not true. Breaking down what happened just doesn't equate to more viewership. A week ago Sunday, I talked about the three wild finishes from that Saturday night. It was the 360 Knoxville Nationals, uh, the Ironman 55, and the uh, USA Nationals at Cedar Lake. Less than 10,000 views on that show. Spectacular finishes in three marquee events, and yet fewer people than normal decided to tune in. 
And I get asked pretty regularly why I don't mention certain races or certain series or how come I don't talk about more local racers or lesser known races or lower divisions. And the answer is the audience. I don't decide what's interesting. You do. I could go dive into stock cars or modifieds or regional midgets or hornets, but less people would tune in. And I need more people tuning in to grow this thing, not less. 10 days ago, I had a show where I did a bunch of stuff around a Super Dirt Car Series win for Tim Fuller and had people admitting to me on Twitter they turned the show off when I started talking modified. And that episode's analytics show that to be true. So what do I do about that information and how do I go forward knowing certain things make people tune out? It's a big reason why I've moved away from doing regular interview episodes. There are 67 Dirt Tracker Conversations episodes on the channel right now, and only four have done more than 10,000 views. One is Kevin Rumley, one is Brad Sweet talking about High Limit, and then the next two are both the same guy, Joshua Joyner of Hunt the Front. Most of, uh, most of those 67 interviews have less than 2,000 views. That's a lot of work to do to try and track those people down, get things scheduled, hope they don't ghost you in the process, spend an hour talking, and then another hour in post-production for very few folks to tune in. And let's be clear, I'm not complaining about any of this, but what you see, uh, you know, when you see me make certain decisions on the content that I put out, there are reasons and a lot of numbers to back up what my choices are. As for the larger dirt racing and media landscape, I would assume the same is true for other outlets and other creators when it comes to talking about the actual racing. The front page of dirttracker.com is a collection of the day's top dirt racing headlines from all sorts of different places. That includes media sites, series sites, all of it. And I have a, a tracking setup so I know in all of those links what is getting clicked on and what isn't. From April 2022 to April 2023, there were 20,000 clicks on links at dirttracker.com. And almost half of those clicks had absolutely nothing to do with series releases or news items from series sites or stories from outlets, uh, outlets like Dirt on Dirt or Jeremy Elliott's Sprint Car Unlimited. In that time, nearly 3,500 individual links were clicked on, but more than half only have a single click. And most of those with one click are those releases and stories from series and media sites. This industry is incredibly slow to move on, uh, you know, create any sort of progress, and it feels very much like the audience and what it wants has changed. But the industry forges ahead because things like press releases are what they've always done. Sports media as a whole is much more now about video and podcasts and social media coverage these days than it is about a post-game report. When was the last time you went to NFL.com to see a recap of what happened in the Chiefs game uh, in some sort of written form? I do think it's important to point out, too, how few members of the quote-unquote dirt racing media are actually making a full-time living to do so. Most of the creators you see out there every week are grinding it out because they love it, not because it's their job. Most are working on their own time, nights and weekends, uh, you know, to take photos or write stories or create videos or make podcasts. It's why most don't last very long. It's a lot of work for not very much reward. I think some series and team folks and drivers could use a reminder of that. And as an example, I know that in the past, you know, Dirt on Dirt, Jeremy Elliott, some of those places have caught hell for their content being behind a paywall. But doing so is about the only hope they have of generating enough revenue to stay afloat. Dirt on Dirt doesn't need that as much anymore as it's owned and supported by Flow Racing, and Flow has expanded out to even more written and video content around their coverage to supplement the streaming stuff, which is great. It's added more to the pod, employed more writers and creators, and that's a good thing. But understand that nobody is getting rich covering this sport, especially if they're independent. I'm going to close out with this. The dirt racing media is disjointed and messy. There's no other way to put it. It's a strange mix of old heads who want to return to the days of National Speed Sport News, 
you've got young kids with zero reputations who like the new tools and fast race cars, and you've got the establishment who has all the power and wants to control the narrative. Those things are very often at odds with each other when they meet, and I have been uh, right in the middle of some of those things, especially here in the last several weeks. But maybe with as messy and disjointed as the sport is as a whole, it's the only way it can be. Hope you guys have a good Monday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. <laughs>